dropped from his waist. Bells jingled at a quickening pace. He ho ho ho, then shot his load all over <laughs> Mommy's face. I saw Mommy deep throat. Santa Claus. Next time Sean asks for, for how one of our demos are going, just say, like, we, this is a reference. You know? This is a reference. And he was here. I saw Santa come this year when I saw Mom suck Santa Claus last night. The coming down the chimney line is, like, not being utilized at all. Uh, he'll coming get down the <laughs> chimney. I'm sure he's going to throw it. You can't pass that, that Did one. I miss it? <laughs> More? No, no, no. I was passing it over if you wanted the, oh, the glass. You. Right, thank you. I'm so mama spread for Santa Claus. What did he say? Spread? Spread. Spread for Santa Claus. Spread for Santa Claus. He had his milk and cook his snack. Then he rolled her on her back And plunged his throbbing North Pole Into mommy's dripping crack What's her crack dripping? What I miss? I didn't appreciate the use of the word throbbing that line Yeah And you know I'm really glad I did I'm glad I saw mommy fucking Santa All you other girls and boys I'm the one who got your toys Wow. Wow. That's not the song I remember. <laughs> not at all, dude. I was going to... Can I Can I play one song that I actually like? Yeah, sure. Unfunnily, unironically, this is a good Christmas song. And I don't know why it doesn't get more attention. Funnily and ironically, you should play the same song again. <laughs> <laughs> that would be funny and ironic, honestly. <laughs> I'm pissed I didn't think of that. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Merry Christmas. My name is Jimmy Selesky, and you're watching live from the studio with Eric Glazer. I fucked up that intro majorly. Uh, It's okay. (laughs) I hopped in, though. Okay, good. I read the room. Good, 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 good. good. (laughs) It's hard to read these days. That that corner is getting absolutely out of hand. There's like a. I know for the video and audio listeners, that means nothing to you, but this is just (laughs) preposterous in that side of the room. Uh, That's where you're wrapping all your presents. Yeah, exactly. It looks like. That's where all my stuff is. Uh, We are here with the second time we've had the band on the cast. I was doing some research on myself, as I like to do sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the last time you guys were on the podcast was April 2021. Which is like more than a year and a half ago. It was right after the Tennessee's. It was right after Tennessee's, right after the debut single. Uh, which uh, we got a lot of catching up to do since then, dude. Absolutely. We dropped... Uh, yeah, that's the first time you guys have seen each other since then. <laughs> I know. It's been a while. How you been? <laughs> been sending demos to each other via mail. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, we, of course, coming off uh, what was supposed to be... I, I thought... I really had envisioned that our, our newest hit single in motion was going to be a summer song but then as things go as timelines become delayed you just slowly start to give yourself reasons why actually it's better 
Actually, <laughs> coincidentally, it turns out that whenever we release it was the best time to release it. <laughs> That's how my mind works, at least. It was a late fall, early winter song. Yeah, nothing says mm. <laughs> late fall, early winter. I really wanted to put out, like, uh, you know, a something more depressing for winter. Because that's, that's kind of the vibe I'm in. You know, I, to- I told you on the way here, like, just I, the seasonal depression thing is such a fucking, such a thing, dude. Mm-hmm. I could not wait mm-hmm. to drink a beer today, dude. I was, <laughs> holy shit. Wait, is In Motion a happy song? Um, It's, what was the word we used to describe it? I don't know. It's kind of bittersweet Pensive. in the beginning. But mm-hmm. it, it kind of, um, there's like this kind of like cathartic moment at the end where it's kind of like more yeah. upbeat and, and yeah. Uh, There's like a cum shot at the end. It's yeah. like it's like um, <laughs> it goes in like movements. Really, it's our only. It's it's more of a symphony than a song. Hmm. I would say it starts. I kind of thought of it as like you know how like the new style of rap or not new style, but like when Juice World came out, mm-hmm. it was like super hype, poppy beats, but then with like. You know, dramatic lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's mm. kind of how I thought. Yeah, of our it lyrics are super dramatic. Dude. Yeah, I set this mm-hmm. all in motion. Yeah, I mean that is dra- kind of dramatic. <laughs> yeah, that's dramatic. <laughs> it's like, did oh you you set it in motion? <laughs> you specifically? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> Can't we speak for anybody else? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's meant to be perceived. I'm from happy me. that I set it in motion. Whoever <laughs> sing, whoever sings it, set it in motion. So you know. Uh, however many times I listened to it, plus... Damn, look. then I set it in motion. <laughs> <Yeah>. You <laughs> set it in motion. It's like you're owning it, you know? That's right. That's yeah. the All four like. of us in this room uh, had uh, can be heard on that track, Eric. You were a mm-hmm. gang vocal singer. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, gang, as gang. were you, John. Yep. As were you, Joe. Indeed. I still think about that day when I kicked you out of the front three for that remember that <laughs> <laughs> it's okay your cousin was supposed to be in that take yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that ended up paying off it was cool time. we got mike manos on there mm-hmm. who believe it or not asked me to cover a gig for him tonight can you believe that <laughs> mike manos needing coverage for a gig last minute <laughs> last minute you don't say i mean that, <laughs> i got that text and i was like i've seen it all <laughs> i have seen it all <laughs> uh no uh you know we the song itself, I think, what do we coast around? Like 7,000 something about, yeah. listens. Yeah. And I think 17 oh, yeah. on Apple Music. So that's really good. Apple Music is like its own freaking. I have no idea I don't pretend how to understand. Even, yeah, I don't even know anyone who uses it. Me neither. Maybe. I know a lot of people who I use, use it. Really? I use both. But that's because I know people who've like, they've been like, I made this playlist for you to learn all these songs mm. and it's only on Apple Music so I just do that. But right. I also use Apple Music cuz you can stream from like your watch. Oh. So if I'm ever like taking a long walk, 007 over here. running, I can just like throw the AirPods in and just meander around Towson. Well, and how many not have times my in my pocket. How many times have you listened to In Motion on Apple Music cuz there's a zero. S- <laughs> oh, okay, I was going to say cuz there's a solid not case a that you could be all 17 listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you were you saying 17 is in s- 17 or like 1700 i think 17 (laughs) (laughs) i don't think there's a case to be made like if you looked at like the the per capita listens like (laughs) the amount of people on spotify and six thousand listens versus the amount of people on apple music and 17 listens there's a case to be made that we're more popular on apple music damn because there's not that many people on apple music dude i don't know anybody who does it it always comes up 
right around the time that Spotify wrapped his drop every year, the whole Apple versus Spotify debate. And everybody is showing off all these cool lists and their playlists. And then you just hear the fucking cope from Apple. People are like, well, you can check your stats whenever you want. Like they're fucking like watching baseball or something. It's super weird. <laughs> <laughs> what were the uh, top, top listens for you guys? Spotify wraps. Um, my number one was dive. Um, Followed by Bad Sons, nineteen seventy five, from Indian like some Radiohead, very That's indie. Yeah, very I had indie. like I had Turnstile in there, uh, Bad Sons. Uh, shout out Peach Face, she was up in there. Nice. Um, I think nineteen seventy five was in there for me too. I don't know who the fifth one was. Wow. All right, Joe, you're slightly more indie than John. I would say if I had to rank you guys, depends in, on the day. They called me an adventurer. If you want, uh, yes. what do they call so. you? Uh, I think I was the same thing. Um, oh, they, it's funny now because they give you like they they you know the Myers Briggs thing the yeah. like ENFP or whatever. Oh yeah, they made up like like a whole new set of terminology to mimic that. So I was like RFJQ or something in Spotify, and I was also like a like a Virgo Moon listener. I was like, shut the fuck. Oh, up. they do they do <laughs> astrology too. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it, it's they're really catering to like every part of their audience with these. Do you know now. what it's your Myers Briggs is? I am I uh, ENFP. Sometimes INFP, depending on when what I does take ENFP, it. I feel like what's the name for that? Whoever knows that off the top of their head is a D I C K. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. That being said, there's no, there's no stock in it. You know, it's it's a fun thing to do with with Man, friends. Slam I guess. dunked that Aliou. <laughs> <laughs> Two points. <laughs> um, no, I I only say that because I know mine too. Mine was um, uh, I don't know the acronym, but it they the campaigner was. Oh the yeah, you're ENFP too. Then I'm a campaigner. So I'm the campaigner. Mm. Extroverted. Uh. That's all I know. Neurotic. Yep. Neurotic. <laughs> Fuck boy. Neurotic. <laughs> Fuck boy. Print. <laughs> the campaign. <laughs> and you got the same thing. I got the same thing. Sometimes I'm INFP, which is like basically the same thing, but introverted. And that's like the artist, the poet or whatever. Mm. So. so you're an extroverted introvert. Or yeah. an introverted extrovert. I don't know. Mm. There's the difference. Um, Eric, I'm judging by your joke that you don't know what you are. I don't know what I am, okay. but I did just pull up my Spotify stuff. Mm. Oh. So on Spotify, I'm a FNVC, <laughs> which is Fucking a familiarity, good. newness, variety, commonality, aka I'm a fan clubber. So you like familiar familiarity and variety. I'm the type of fan that artists dream of. (laughs) When you love an artist, you cycle through entire albums playing their hits and every song in between. I know everybody in sophomore dreams of you. Yeah, Yeah. I was about to say. Yeah, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, sophomore didn't make my top artists. Wow. (laughs) Sorry. I don't think we made anybody's top. Actually, I believe believe we made my girlfriend's top. Uh Oh, that's nice. That's I think That's you as up. a band can see, get a wrapped mm-hmm. and you can look at how many people listened and how many countries listened and Oh, we got that. How anyway, many? next subject. <laughs> do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Jimmy archived that. I think we get we get one of those as a podcast too, but I Oh yeah, know. we got that too. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can yeah, we don't have to talk about that. We'll move on. No, um I I, I believe we got it. I don't know if they do it the same thing for podcasts, honestly. Mm. I do know, real quick side away, that I found this fucking sick jacket. 
The zipper doesn't really work. Oh, it works. But here's the thing. It's not Euro- when you're sitting down. It's, it's European. It's European. The zipper is backwards. Oh, yeah. So it's on the that. left? Yeah, which I hate. It's a left-handed oh. jacket. I got a left-handed jacket. And it's got zippers on the sleeves, bro. This is like Michael Jackson. I don't even know where I got it. Get in a fight or something? Uh, Dude, I guess. I don't know. Maybe you got to fucking air it out. I don't know. But this is so sweet. Like, I don't know where you got uh, it. I don't think Europeans wear deodorant. When did you get it? Dude, here's the beauty. I know know you don't know who you got it from, but when did you get it? Tonight. In my closet. Okay. I was going to look for a jacket, and then this thing was just front and center. That oh, sounds like, haunted. It's like a party favor find. It was like it was like dude, this is this is what people miss. Look, like being organized and like knowing where stuff is. It's overrated. Is overrated. It can be fun, but what's really fun is not having any idea where anything is, and then every day is a surprise. Mm-hmm. So like you put on a new pair of pants, surprise! You sent a hundred dollars cash to the laundry last time you washed your did laundry, and now you have a hundred more dollars. Yeah. That happened to me the other day. It's a gift from your past self to your future exactly. self. Exactly. Some might call it an investment. An investment. <laughs> I am invested. Those invest- are dividends. <laughs> yeah. So by having no idea what the hell I'm doing yeah. on a daily basis. You, you beat the S&P 500. With I, did. <laughs> I did. My stocks are up, baby. Uh, speaking of stocks being up, I do want to They're down. Back. They're down. <laughs> really bad. Speaking of... <laughs> my boy Sam Bank. My 401k going is to jail. cut in half from... During the pandemic. Oh, shit. Is it still really? Oh, yeah. Your 401k is not looking good. It's looking more like a 200.5k. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, mine is uh, non-existent. My IRA, I don't even... I, I'm going to check my IRA when I'm 65. Yeah. And just whatever <laughs> ups idea. and downs happen during the midst of that is up to that thing, dude. Yeah. And if it's not enough, just... You know, check your pants, check the washing machine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys have any other road have jackets? 60 years of pocket change floating around. That's a lot of pocket change, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, That's better than a bank. I thought my stocks were down up until last you night. You flipped your screen upside down. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And they were up, dude. <laughs> my name was upside down. But my a two was were... actually a five. <laughs> I, uh, I had my biggest gambling win of... Ever last night, dude. Of ever. Did you guys see my Instagram? Oh, was it We're the not talking about stocks. Ones? I did see. <laughs> like the pl- it was plus nineteen hundred or whatever. Plus nine thousand. Nine thousand. Plus nine. I didn't win nine thousand dollars. Yeah. But I won nine hundred dollars because I bet ten dollars. Wow. And the That's way gambling the way gambling lines work is whatever the plus is is how much money you'd win if you bet a hundred. Yeah, so okay. basically, plus nine thousand means you win ninety times your bet. So I've been working this system that you saw the equations. You've seen the equations. Mm-hmm. This I've seen the brilliant mind. Like <laughs> schizophrenic ravings. Mm-hmm. It is hilarious, but yes. it clearly has but results. It's called trust in the process, baby. I was down. <laughs> All right. So I was running. I was, I was running this. down $900. <laughs> so I ran this system. Uh, now we're up to like 300 something bets. And, uh, I was like coasting. I was like every now, one day I'd be negative and the next day I'd be up 3%, but it was like averaging out to about plus 3%, which is good. Um, and then, but then I was like, all right, I'm confident enough after 250 bets that I'm going to start running the system for real. So then I started doing $10 bets. I was like, today is day one. Lost $65 day one. I was like, fuck. Day two. All right. Got to be better now. 
40 more dollars down the fucking drain. Stocks are down. Day three, 25 more bucks. I'm now negative 110. And I'm thinking like, dude. I'm putting this money in. I'm about to get a big return. <laughs> exactly. And then boom, here's what happened. Here's what happened. I'm sitting there. I'm checking my things. Now, I have five different sports books. And so I log into each one. <laughs> and I'm making anywhere between 20 to 40 bets a day. So I'm checking all of them. Are you doing all the same bets on each app or different ones? Um, I'm doing, I'm finding the best line on of any app and then taking it on whichever app has the best line. Mm. So I have like multiple different bets spread across multiple different sports books. So 40 different bets. I might have 10 on one, three on another, 17 on another one. It all varies per day. So I go through each app and I check the results of each bet. And I'm like logging them down and it's looking like another bad day. And then I'm kind of going, and I'm like, at this point, I'm sitting at like negative 27 for the day, and I'm just like, whatever, dude. And then I come up to the plus 9,000 bet. Now, a plus 9,000 bet, in theory, has a 1 in 90 chance of hitting. Now, the reason why I took it was because the actual Vegas line was saying plus 3,000, which means actually Vegas is thinking it's a 1 in 30 chance of hitting. For whatever reason, the sports book was giving you 90 times your investment. So I was like, well, that's a positive EV bet. So I took it and I was not, I was even that day earlier, I was talking to my friend Lucas. I was like, I hate when the calculator tells me to take these fucking long shot bets. Cause I feel like I'm just throwing away $10. Like there's no way it's going to hit. And he's like, dude, you got to fucking just, you got, he was the one who told me, he's like, you got to trust the process. And I was like, whatever, dude, whatever. <laughs> so then that night I'm checking and I'm going through and I'm getting down. I'm like, oh no, oh no. And then I look at it and it's green, which means it won. And I'm like, I'm about to type in my calculator and I look, double take. And it said pay out nine hundred dollars. I was like, wait. I like woke up Dom. I was like, Dom, wake up. <laughs> what we struck say? gold. I found oil. <laughs> <laughs> it was huge, dude. And it was like that was day four, dude. And now I'm up seven hundred dollars in my system. And the takeaway from that is after three hundred fifty bets, that's a solid amount of trial and error. I mean, that's not exactly like I had one good day. The law of numbers says that over a long enough sample size, all systems will converge to whatever uh, effective output they have. Meaning that if you're flipping coins, heads and tails, whatever, that's a 50-50 thing. You might have streaks of 10 heads in a row. You might get, you might lose 10, but over the course of infinity, it's going to be half and half. So what I'm realizing is, is that this system actually is positive. So that's good. And that made me feel a lot better about myself. I got to be honest. I was really, my, my, my self-esteem was directly tied to my gambling results for the past month. What I, what I heard recently that I thought was really interesting was that um, both sports books and casinos, the vast majority of the um, revenue they make comes from like, like the top 1% of mm-hmm. their gamblers. Uh, mm-hmm. The people who do that. So mm-hmm. they go out of their way to cater to them. For everybody else, it's kind of an amusement park. You know, mm-hmm. you just kind of come. You, you see if it's kind of your thing or not. Um, you inevitably fail blackjack and go to uh, roulette. Speaking yes. from experience. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they just cater to these guys who come in with like fucking dirty polo shirts and, and Oakley sunglasses. And <laughs> Well, yeah, but then you look at guys like, you know, the Vegas shooter. He was a professional gambler. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he has to be my number one <laughs> argument the, on the positive side. He's the side. most <laughs> famous professional gambler. Kind of is. Yeah. Robert De Niro from Casino. <laughs> Another murderer. Um, unfortunately, all the guys I'm referencing are terrible people. But the point is, is terribly that good at terribly gambling. good at gambling. Yeah. 
The point is, is that people make money gambling. It's kind of this, when people get on me about like trying to figure this out, or anybody, because my brother was really on this about poker. It's the same way people would kind of treat, and this is bringing it back to music now, finally, I know, took it off course here, but the same way people would talk to me uh, when I was younger and be like, oh, dude, like, uh, you know, like pursuing music as a career, that's like, you know, that's such like a long shot. Like, why don't you do something more secure or whatever and blah, 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 blah. And it's kind of like my my response to that was always, well, people do it. Like, you're listening to music. Let me see your Spotify rap. Those are five bands. Those are five groups of people that make money, good money, more money than you mm -hmm. doing this thing that you're telling me can't be done. So it's like when you watch a movie, those are all people that they're not working at Kinko's on Tuesdays. They're professional actors, you know, like so like it's this weird mentality where people like imagine something as being different than it is. It's like, yeah, obviously the vast majority of people that pursue music aren't going to make it. But also you have to define it by define making it, making a living, becoming the biggest band in the world. Mm -hmm. That was the other thing I always used to say to people. I probably said this on the podcast a thousand times at this point. But when people are like, oh, like you're a band, like I never, oh, sophomore, I never heard of sophomore. I'm like, well, I never, I never heard of you. Are you the most famous fucking paralegal of all time? <laughs> like, do people like come and buy tickets to watch you? do math on your spreadsheets no they don't but you still make fucking a living doing it so what's the difference yeah you know? if you're seeking fame it's it's never going to be enough you're not going to never going to be satisfied with with what you have mm -hmm. you know there's there's no point as an artist or really like any profession where you're like this is it i made it and it's done you know mm -hmm. and uh you know i think the healthy thing to do is to kind of lean into that process and just acknowledge that there is no ceiling you know yeah and uh what i do and i think we do more broadly is we are we don't we don't look at um you know if you want to use the word like status or whatever we look at like the product you know there's no end ceiling on how good this song can be i yes. think that's the most healthy way to looking at yes. it personally and that's what i that's the work ethic i bring to this to the songwriting process it's also about on a broader scale with just being a person in general is never overlook the value of having multiple streams of income that's a big thing you know mm -hmm. this day and age is a very gig based <clears throat> i'm going to say hustle culture if you're not hustling right now if you're not sports betting <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite quotes during covid p diddy said if covid didn't bring out the hustle in you you ain't got it and i agree with that when times get tough you know it so i finish it the tough the get tough going, get <laughs> going. <laughs> tough get going. Yeah. god damn it so it's like you know like people get you know and another thing we've constantly talked about about like the difference between like doing the cover shows and the and the lot and like doing more like regular shows it's like certain people stick up their nose at certain things and won't do certain things they don't mm -hmm. want to be the bar band but it's like as far as i'm concerned it's like dude you got to make your money fucking somehow and like i'm not above painting your house I'm not above mowing your lawn. I'm not above raking your leaves. I'm not about. I'm not above playing at a bar. I'm not above doing a sound gig for your thing. It's like mm -hmm. if there's a skill that I have, you know, I'm gonna do it. So no, I'm not above fucking gambling. <laughs> not above. <it. laughs> and you know what? I thought you were gonna circle back to bar gigs, <laughs> cover gigs. Oh no, I'm totally above bar gigs now. He's <laughs> a generalist. He's a general. <laughs> No, no, no. Um, but yes, getting back to uh, music as a whole, I think uh, we, we bought that indie Bible thing. I, I kind of got to the point within motion where you get um, 
I was gonna say I was gonna say in motion fatigue, but motion fatigue is actually a thing. <laughs> and uh, it's like I, I was saying this to my brother the other day, where it's like you work on something so much that you are completely removed from any. Uh, I, I guess the word would be subjectivity. Like you no longer have any. Um, like you're you're. There's no more like fire in the belly. Yeah. Well, there's no you're you're not you're no longer a, a listener to the song. I think it's objectivity yeah. you're talking about then, because you don't know what it sounds like at that point. You know what it sounds like after a thousand hours. Yeah. Of it's like eating the same meal over yeah. and over and over. You don't have the yeah. fresh ears that right. you need. Yeah, that's why I was kind of debating whether to say objective or subjective. The reason I leaned towards subjective is because I would almost say that the the pitfall that you fall into when you've worked on something for so long is that you no longer like you've been you've dug so far into the nooks and crannies and all these like technicalities about the song the eqing of this thing when this part should come in that like your per your idea of the song is almost so objective that you don't even have an a perspective oh, on so, it yeah. it's to like enjoy it's it as like art. uh it's like looking at um an anatomy sketch and you see all the body parts you yeah, know but you don't see a body you feel like almost alienated mm-hmm. from it yeah i know what you mean that's a good point so there, there are both subjective and objective yeah. elements you to get it. too close very to true it. yeah you get too close and then it takes a while to go back and and usually it takes me sometimes like six months before I can actually go back and it's completely out of my mind and I haven't listened to it. Cause I'm, when, dude, when I'm going through the mixing process, like working on something, like I, I get particularly obsessive and perfectionist. And that's, that's a bad combo to have, which is a procrastinating perfectionist. Oh, yeah. Because I'm somebody who I'm right there with you. wants everything to be absolutely perfect and does things in a way that requires hundreds and hundreds of hours. But then I also don't feel like doing that. <laughs> mix you can mix something till the it. end of fucking time yeah. mixing especially yeah. is such a hole you mm-hmm. really do need a deadline or somebody to hold you accountable or you're just not going to get it done absolutely which is why it's good you know the, the again it, it's 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 so crazy to think like um just how things have changed like having the ability to just get it in the ballpark and then pass it back to somebody else and just be like yo mm-hmm. you fucking do it and then send it back to me. And at that point, it's like, now I'm kind of listening to somebody else's work and now I can actually perceive it that way. Absolutely. Very effective. Um, speaking of that, though, about the timelines is uh, we do have a song in the process of getting mixed right now, mm-hmm. which is a big ups for us because we generally do not have a song in the process of getting mixed. If you were to... Especially <laughs> <laughs> this soon after putting yeah, out a song. Yeah, this soon yeah. after. I mean, this yeah. song Usually could... it takes, what, like a year and a half? Close. Yeah. 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 We're working when on... When were they last on the each, podcast each again? Each 14 <laughs> months. <laughs> each one, each song we put out thus far and looking into the future seems to cut off the time needed by like 25% or something. Yeah. yeah. As the process gets refined, yeah. um, which has been very satisfying to watch. I that's think. a compounding 20%. Yes. 25%. That's a compounding 20%. <laughs> bringing it back to the old gambling, baby. <laughs> um, but, but the reason why I brought up both of those topics in one thing, being the generalist in me, is uh, it's interesting when you see like how the law of numbers and how these small things like they have that meme. One of my favorite memes, it's not really a funny meme. It's just like a fact meme, you know? And it was like, if you compound 1% 365 times, it gets up to like 37.5 or something like that. Meaning that like, if you were to extrapolate that idea into your own daily life and be like, if, if you get 
1% better every day, just 1% better every day, then by the end of that year, you know, this is of course a metaphor, but you'd be like 37 times better than you were at the beginning of that year, Yeah, which is an interesting way of thinking about it. And so it's like, I'm sitting there doing this thing and it's like down, 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 down. But all of a sudden that one moment clicks and then it's just like, whoa, now I'm way up. And I think that's kind of, I kind of took it as a metaphor for like everything that we're doing and everything that we're doing in terms of like, just like, I've always looked at it as like, if, if you take a group of guys that are objectively good at what we're doing and you don't stop, there is, has to be a critical point when like, it's like the likelihood of something not happening becomes less likely than something happening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It reaches this like tipping point where it's like, and I, you know, I don't want to say that like, uh, that like, I've always struggled with that idea because on the other side of that equation is like, no matter how hard I work, if I started working at basketball and you and I have talked about this, of course, um, I would never be as good as Michael Jordan. I just wouldn't. Mm -mm. At the end of the day, I'm a six foot two fucking white guy and I have what I have and I'd never be like, there is a certain level of like, I think certain people are meant to do things. I do kind of believe that. I think, well, let me put it this way. I think that any person on earth could make it to the NBA. Mm -hmm. But I don't think any person on earth could be the greatest basketball player ever. Oh, I think yeah, that 100%. everyone has it in their capacity to be good at something at the highest level, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But not the best at something. I think the being the best at something is that very rare combination of incredible talent and um, incredible work ethic. I would say being obsessive. Like you gotta like yeah. Michael Jordan was obsessed with bas basketball. Yeah, as was Kobe. Yeah. Like anybody who's great is gonna be obsessed with what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Like any great artist, any great athlete is gonna be they won't have anything else to do except that until they I don't know, reach a tipping point where they're like, Okay, I've done this enough times. Yeah, but the mm -hmm. thing is what's interesting to see about that is one of the hard you'll notice this commonality across all the greats of history at anything is Tom Brady being the most recent, they don't have it in their psyche to stop because when you have worked so hard and so long at something and you're the greatest, it's really difficult for you to like, it's gotta be a weird thing to, to get to a point when you're like, Oh shit. Like I just am not the best anymore. No matter how hard I work, like, I can't be an NFL linebacker or quarterback right now because I'm yeah. fucking. I think 60. I think the sports dimension is very particular in that sense, right? Because you you have something where that's almost uh, and there's an acute sense that like okay, not everybody can do this because not everybody is built like Tom Brady or like Michael Jordan. You know, not everybody mm -hmm. is that tall, not not that freakishly strong, and. Um, to your point that you just made about Tom Brady, there's also the aging process. You know, you mm -hmm. can't stay that way forever. When it comes to something like, I, I was about to make a um, a comparison to like Magnus Carlsen or something like that, mm -hmm. where you where he, in him you also see a sort of like sort of obsessive kind of like mm -hmm. like it's also the chess guy. Well, that's yeah. just called yeah. autism, yeah. but yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also, not a like, dirty word anymore. The only like it's a compliment. <laughs> didn't he like lose in chess recently? And the only way his mind could comprehend him losing in chess was if his opponent had a butt plug that had a computer in it. Yeah. Dude, I have how to yeah, beat him. Dude, that was, yes. that was the narrative. I, I don't like follow was, Chess World. <laughs> that was news articles were written about 
a guy having a butt plug computer that beat Magnus Carlsen in chess. It it got very conspiratorial. It was like the it way they insane. described the butt plug, for those interested, was that <laughs> if he was about to make you a move that was like the wrong move, the butt plug yeah, would like vibrate remotely. Collar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually think it went even deeper than that. I think that they were literally using Morse code because like in chess, you have like the like queen i5 like you have like the, everything is a coordinate map so i mm-hmm. think literally uh, supposedly this guy was getting Dude, buzzed morse code Holy in his shit. ass like it would be like <laughs> and like this is all Q. a theory from the guy who lost in chess oh, <laughs> yeah but Magnus you know was like yeah he, he must have had a butt plug yeah and, okay Right. Pretty much. <laughs> I, I kind of believe him a little bit. I mean, <laughs> I'm always down to ride on these type of things. Like, I look, I mean, at the, I mean, look, he's lost before. It's not like he's never lost. So I think the, the discrepancy was this guy was like not in any, his realm, like of not like, even in the realm. It yeah. was like it was mm. one of those things where like, like you can cheat in chess and people do cheat. This was like Russian. losing to the Browns. Yes, you don't exactly. lose to the Browns yeah. unless like all of the players <laughs> unless, have butt plugs. Well, I also the believe, where they know where everybody else I is going to be. I also believe the Cleveland Browns last Saturday were all jammed up <laughs> with butt plugs. <laughs> our plays were, <laughs> and that's my running theory until proven otherwise. Dude, Deshaun Watson's got a butt plug now. He's moved on from masseuses. Now he's got butt plugs to tell him where his receivers are going to be at all times. <laughs> oh, another hot. I think that guy got a little. We talked about the Deshaun Watson thing. But I think didn't he? Don't you feel like he might have gotten a little too much flack for for getting hand jobs in masseuse place? Like, is that that bad? I thought Wait, that's why people went. Wasn't that yeah. the guy that like he called regular masseuses over and then made them beat him off? Allegedly. 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 Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I we my I think my um we that's we, a that's a story where I'm like, no, that's a bad guy. Yeah. I it, don't it's know. not a good look. I think legally, I don't think he was ever uh, acquitted. I don't. I don't know if he was ever like. I don't think it was a crime. I don't think he was. I don't think caught. He was criminally charged. Well, I think it. It's like uh, sexual harassment, mm. and I uh, think like it, it's not like you go to a massage parlor and it's like uh, every massage parlor is like. Would you like? Would you like to check the box of like happy ending? It's. Mm. I don't think it works like that. Now so, that being said, you know a lot about this. That, <laughs> <laughs> yes. That being said. Do you think it'll get like that now that sex work has become accepted as a perfectly legitimate line of work? Do well, you see a time when prostitution is legal? In the United States, not in the foreseeable future. Hmm. Uh, say so. Eventually. I mean, if we are going to legalize weed and gambling, at some point somebody's going to be like... Why Some politician is going to be like but a politician isn't going to be like the fucking <laughs> prostitution lockbox that they're saving up <laughs> to give the kids. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's not even part of like public discourse now. You know, it I, except for a very small minority of people. So I would be surprised if it happened within the next like twenty years. Past that, nobody. Can I don't really know why anything. girls would want to not just do OnlyFans. I feel right. like they can make yeah. they can make millions on OnlyFans without even having to be in the same room. Yeah, what if it's totally not that personal. Hot? Good point. Yeah, can we talk about like, that? I'm not trying to Is actually it? stroke this dude off. Just like give me the thirty bucks and I'll ignore you. Look, yeah, multiple streams of income, dude. Dude, a lot of girls get <laughs> money from just uh, communication. Like you spend 
Like Dude, 30 bucks friend, and like you text some like girl and that's, yeah, friend, that's it's it. like girlfriend for and an they, hour. That's something. how they make like most of their money. Uh. Like, yeah, they do like the whole, you know, pictures, videos, whatever. Yeah, but get but, like, this. Our friend Nick, he was the reply person for a girl on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they outsource it out. Is that one of the many yeah. wacky he, jobs that yeah, he's Yeah, that had? was one of his like jobs is like. In between doing like starting a, like call centers in India for that shit. Yeah, like an OnlyFans <laughs> Oh, partner. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow um wow i did not know he was doing that i feel like i'd be good at that though that's like a that's a job that i feel like uh i would i think men would well, you be, know what a guy wants to hear. i know what he wants to hear <laughs> yeah i'd feel dirty <laughs> typing it but i would just pretend like i was just like typing it to myself yeah. but i feel like totally totally dude it's dirty painting walls, you know? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm not above gotta it. Make it's my living. point. <laughs> I'm not above it. <laughs> um, oh, I did, before we move on entirely, I did. I th- we, we got some reviews and stuff on Emotion. Nothing like earth-shatteringly interesting. Um, just like kind of, we, look. Not like Tendencies. Not like Tendencies. <laughs> that was fun. Tendencies that was is a much so more polarizing song, which I almost liked more about it because mm-hmm. yeah. the, the consensus was about Emotion across the board so this was is, that is this from listeners or is this from like the playlist you're submitting to playlists submissions um gotcha. i mean obviously anybody who like knows us well enough to have like listened and talked to us personally has probably not shat on it except for one which i'll i'll give you Ooh. <laughs> oh my God. um i kind of appreciate those because most times i'll send it to my friends and they'll be like this sounds great and yeah. that's kind of all i get and i'm like does it yeah, like, do, is that really you what sure? you like? I'd rather somebody be like that. Was I have a, a friend. I had a friend who I sent. Um, I think I sent in motion to, mm. or I don't know something that was like in the works, and he gave me like nothing scathing, but it was actually constructive, which mm-hmm. was nice because mm-hmm. it was like he was kind of like I don't like this first part, and like Jason Heiser give it like being like the intro is way too fucking long. Yeah, like, yeah I yeah. hate, he yeah. was like, I hate that shit. And I was like, <laughs> really fuck valuable. yeah, like I appreciate that really kind of valuable. shit. Yeah. I, I have one of my best friends, uh, you know, nine times out of 10, he's like, oh, this is awesome. I love what you're doing, blah, blah, blah. But occasionally he'll just be like, no, I don't like this one. And he, he's, he doesn't necessarily articulate why, but the fact that he says that every now and again makes me know that he actually likes it. You can you trust know? sending it yeah, to yeah, him. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. But the, the thing that I liked about Tendencies was it was really like people either really liked it or they mm-hmm. really didn't, which I, I kind of liked. In Motion was kind of like a, a, a group. All right. Like it was like mm, a group like gotcha. seven out of ten or, you know, average is this five. This is solid. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> solid. It, it, everybody was like, this is pretty good. Just not good enough to be on the playlist. Um, but that's why I can always count on my good old dad. <laughs> for all yeah. hell yeah tony give it to us. <laughs> hell yeah give now, it to us. <laughs> i want uh i just you know i got this call and this wasn't like two months ago i got i got this call two days ago oh, uh, oh is this about oh, in motion voicemail yes oh, yeah two days yeah. ago and it took him this long to listen to it <laughs> or it took him this long to get the courage old, to, to <laughs> he's got a lot going on <laughs> he's in deep oh. purple dude <laughs> <laughs> that's true that's true now uh, i want to get into dreams after this because um uh i i i'm not lying when i say this three nights ago i had a dream that um there's this song that we've kind of worked on it's called stuck in this we've we worked on it a while ago and i've been writing it basically for the past 10 years but we've never like <laughs> actually put it together we worked on it a couple times and um i had a dream that we put it out and my mom was just like 
I mean, I feel like you should have done this. You should have done that. Like she was just like not digging it. I remember feeling so shitty. And then a day later, I get this voicemail from my father, which I will now load up. Oh, I'm so excited yes. for this. For you guys. <laughs> this rules. Message. Hey Jim, it's uh, nothing important. Actually, I wanted to talk to you for a while about it. <clears throat> that song that you did, I, I, I think it's Motion or something like that. You know, it's, I turned it on, I couldn't understand it, and was completely disappointed. And so it's probably, maybe it was, maybe you didn't pay attention. Conspicuous to you that I just, you know, I'm, I was really frustrated. And I, I hate to give criticism unless I can get some kind of situation where I can find a, a solution, you know, and I. So I've been pondering it for quite a while. I think what it is, is you don't realize that you're singing like a harmonizer. You know the words, you're, you're, you harmonize with Jamie all your life, and you're singing along with the track and you're harmonizing and getting the pitch just right. And I don't think that's what lead singing is. I think lead singing is being out front of a song like when you were a kid and used to sing a cappella, and everybody harmonizing with you. And the only thing I could think of where it's a track is you ever see those songs where people are singing a Christmas carol and each one starts at a different point and they're all three singing the same line but at a different time? And some people can't do that because they keep getting sucked into the rhythm of the other people. I literally believe that's why you don't see that you're doing it. You're, I think you're harmonizing so well that you don't realize you're not lead singing. And, and you know, I don't know if it's your nature because you want to make people happy and you don't want to overshadow the band. But you're singing background tracks, and that's what I said to mom. I said, if you listen to this, this would be a great background track. <clears throat> but it, it doesn't have a lead like when I listen to Hall and Oates or my friend Mr. Mark. So I just think it's a mentality that you don't know you're in, and you don't, and you're not hearing it that way because I don't think you're actually lead singing. Anyway, that's my perspective on it. Love you. Wow. Dude, that's that's a, awesome. that's a fucking dad. That, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I'm gonna be yeah. like, I, that I think that's fucking great. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know that's constructive. It's very He's like, thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally, dude. It's um, I haven't called him back yet. Obviously, I had to blow up the spot on the show. You need to mull this over. <laughs> yeah, dad, I've yeah, been yeah. thinking a lot about what he said. <laughs> well, yeah. it is interesting because I think what's interesting from his perspective. This is kind of what I talked about. Like, I I am very lucky in that regard because I've always talked about how like. Especially, I talked to you that one night we went out to the bar and I was like, the one thing I don't have in common with a lot of people who pursue music is like, my parents were like totally about it. Mm -hmm. Like they were not like, yeah. like I feel like a lot of other parents like just wouldn't give a shit. They're like, all right, well, the song was, it was great. But the, how's the job going? You know, like, you got, you got plan A parents. Like a exactly. lot of people get like the plan B of, oh, you're pursuing art or you're pursuing anything outside of like that fits within, you know, the box of like, you go get a safe job, you do your thing. Like, that's the plan B parents that are like, make like go do music. That sounds great. But like, have a plan B. Yeah, absolutely. It was it's just it was cool. Like the more I mull it over, I'm like, that is a unique thing to get that voicemail. It's dope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the other interesting thing is like, you got to be able to kind of parse through like the, um, I guess the knowledge gap, I guess, because a lot of times, like, it's just like when you start mixing music, you don't actually know what you're trying to get. Like mm -hmm. you basically have like a vague idea of like songs that you've heard, but I never really listened. And I think we've talked about this before where you actually said you did always kind of listen to music as like the different parts and stuff like yeah. that. I never did. I always just heard songs as like a song. 
And then it, it took a long time for me to actually like parse out like, oh, I never realized that that was like a guitar doing that thing or that's the bass line of the song. I just hear things as total, which is pretty much why we do covers the way we do, which is just like a general idea of the song. And it's that. And then it's like people might even if if they're not into it, they might be like, oh, I love the way I love like your guys interpretation of that song. I love the way yeah. you guys do that song. It's like, oh, we just the trick is don't learn it. <laughs> That's really the trick. Just don't learn it. Learn it on the fly. Yeah. Have uh-huh. somebody be like, hey, can you play this song? And they give you enough money and you go, well, I guess we have to now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all of a sudden that's your version, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm trying to parse through like what does he mean by singing like a harmonizer? Because in my mind, I'm like, I'm definitely singing like singing lead i don't know if it's a mixing thing or is it like like i don't know i think it's an attitude i think i think it's an ego kind of thing i think it's a i i if if i can put it on one thing i would say it might be the rhythm because you tend to coalesce with what maybe it might be like a guitar i think it's usually a guitar rhythm or something so you might line up with that which Mm -hmm. i don't even know if i would i would necessarily say that that makes it sound like a background singer but it like it makes it sound like it's glued to the rest of the track rather than kind of uh hovering above it which Mm. some people like and some people don't i Mm. personally like the the former you know i like it when everything feels kind of glued together and Mm -hmm. clustered and thick and so Hmm. um yeah it it, i I don't know if that's how it actually meant but that would be my guess i think he might be looking to you or maybe in general like he he uh what did he say he said Hall of Notes. Yeah. I don't know who Mr. Mark is. Yeah. But he yeah, sounds like a great guy. Mr. Mark. Uh, yeah, great guy, <laughs> Mr. Mark. Great. Fantastic. He really gets guy. out front of the mix. I mean, there's one thing I can say about Mr. Mark is he's out he's but a lead singer. I think like him referencing Hall of Notes is like an ode to to what he looks for mm. in like a lead singer. Mm. Like the band Hall of Notes is those two guys. And they're both very much like I'd say singers first above yeah. all else. Yep. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think like you're much more of like a multi instrumentalist. And then like singing is kind of like you can flip flop between like one and two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. But I think like I feel like your dad listened to like a lot of Hall Notes, a lot of like Prince. <laughs> There's like 70s ballad like, singers yeah, who do kind of hover above everything. They don't really congeal with the band. Yeah, That's like you know the lead yeah. singer, you don't really know the rest of the band. Yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm listening to the track and I'm thinking like, I mean, the voice is out front mix-wise. Mm-hmm. So it's got to be, yeah, like a... Dude, I think it's an attitude thing. I think it's like an ego thing. Like I'm the fucking lead singer and like you're going to hear me like send out this like message of whatever the song is and like this is the melody that you're going to hum along to. Like nobody's going to sit there unless I don't know, you're listening to fucking Zeppelin or some like, or rush where it's like, Oh, this is the drum part. Like people hum along to the melody of a song or like whatever harmony might be there. Like I think whenever that's most prevalent is like what I think your dad is trying to get after with like, you're being quote unquote more of a harmonizer than you are like you're playing the part in the chorus than you are being like the lead i think is what he's like getting after I if know. i was Isn't to be every a tony song translator. like that? Isn't, doesn't every song go along with the melody 
Yeah, I think I, I think it's like a very nuanced thing that I'm trying to because I, I I get what you guys are saying. It's just hard to put it into words exactly what it is. I, I think the best way to put it is yeah, it's like a, it's like an attitude thing. It's like there's a certain thing like when you listen to rap where it's like. Well, also with rap, it's an instrumental, and it's not like they're in the room with mm. all those sound effects going off. Yeah, I feel like a band is very different from a lead. You know, like a fucking Dua Lipa. She's not in the recording studio with a band like a backup band or whatever yeah she just has a fucking mp3 that they're playing lower than her vocals and then she's singing over it yeah there's i mean yeah yeah it's the same kind of like pop icons we were talking about before with hollow notes and prince and you know there's kind of a separate like there's like a ballad power pop kind of um like almost persona if you want to link back to the ego thing that is not necessarily front and center in what we do i guess um, I don't know. You'll have to ask him about it. I'm kind of curious. What yeah, he means I guess too. I'll talk to him a on few Christmas. Questions. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call him. But I'll, I'll talk <laughs> to him right now. <laughs> yeah, we'll get him on the horn right yeah, now. Yeah, we should. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck do you mean, old man? Yeah. <laughs> Tony, you weren't even in Deep Purple. You just claimed it. <laughs> Stolen valor, dude. No. Um. Yeah, I, I think the attitude thing's a big thing, but that's that's kind of like it is. Like I, I kind of. The the thing that bugs me is you kind of get it. I kind of get it. I feel like he's thinking of lead singers it. like he's thinking Vince Neil, Axl Rose, uh, fucking Sebastian Bach, like these like eighties dudes that like they are that part of the hmm. band. And and maybe and now I'm gonna really kind of try to just bump your vocals up like three decibels. Yeah, but it's <laughs> even with that, it's like. Again, I, I don't. Yeah, you're you're usually like high up there in the mix. I'm up the in way the mix. Sean yeah. Does I, it so? I think this could be a, a result of like, if I was to objectively, um, like actually take an objective approach to like evaluating my vocals, what I would say is, um, and this is this is just trying to be as objective as possible. I think uh, I can do a lot of different artists being versatility. I think I can do a lot of different styles of music, which is a plus. And I think that lends itself to um, when we're playing these bar gigs and we're playing all kinds of different music from every type of genre and just like doing a good ass job as a band, really versatility, being able to do that. But it's kind of like what I was saying about the SM57 before, which is <laughs> funny you should bring it up, is that it's, it's a it's, microphone, it's, by the way. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> microphone. It's it's known as like the workhorse microphone of the music industry. Mm-hmm. It you can pretty much use it on anything and get a good recording from it. Um, it's what they call as the jack of all trades and a master of none. And I'm uh, the the SM57 is the best microphone to use for certain things. Um, so not necessarily the master of none applies. It's good at guitar amps, especially. Yes, but with the sing, it's like you fall into this thing where it's like you spend so much time just trying to sound good that you lost touch with sounding like yourself and maybe that's the attitude aspect that you're talking about which is i noticed this about myself the other day when i was playing some like random bar i was thinking i was playing at walkers actually last night and i was singing and i caught myself really really sounding exactly like the guy from third eye blind and then I was thinking, like, why am I really sounding like him right now? Why don't I just sing this like myself? And then so, like, halfway through the song, I just started singing the way I would sing it if it was a song that we wrote. Mm. And it had this entirely different kind of thing to it. But that's the thing that I always notice is that I do out of habit, which is, like, if I'm seeing an Elton John song, 
I will fucking hit it like Elton John hit it. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm never hitting any of these songs like I would hit it. Yeah. And then you kind of, like I said, you lose touch with like, then it, you ask yourself the question, well, what do I even sound like? What do I even sound like? Or am I just good at sounding like other people? Mm. Because if that's the case, then you can be really successful at doing what you're doing. But if like if you're listening to the vocals on any of our songs, I guess the takeaway would be, if you're thinking about just the vocals, would be they're good. But nothing really, and and now every single fucking review that we've been getting for the past fucking <laughs> two years is starting to kind of culminate where it's like that's kind of what they've been saying. It's like really like the vocals, really like this, but it just doesn't. There's something missing. It's just not. It's not quite it. You know, the the vocals aren't distinguished enough. This isn't. Ha- it's like, well, you know, and then it's like, well, um. If it's an attitude thing, if it's like a a thing like that, is that confidence? Because the way you characterize it as being like, um, like I'm the fucking lead singer of the band, like I'm the fucking shit. It's like maybe uh, that is kind of like an easy route to getting that because I think yeah. a lot of times, like if you're just so sheer, sure yourself, then you kind of it kind of opens up the avenue to just do what the fuck ever. Um, it's easy to say that if you're already the guy, you know, if yeah. you are already that Dua Lipa Prince. Like I've noticed things about like certain artists where it's like, I remember um, hearing this when I was in uh, college, which is a very short time, span, one year. And uh, we were at club wrestling practice and one of the kids was talking to some other kid about like music they've been listening to. And of course, this is the early 2010s. So he was like, dude, Cuddy's new album, like obviously anything Cuddy puts out, like I'm going to fuck with. And like, I remember thinking in that moment being like, of course, I'm just eavesdropping, tying my shoes. And I'm thinking this moment, like, it's interesting how once you do something and you establish yourself as, like, a high, a, a, a top-tier artist, then you can almost do anything, and then people almost convince themselves that it's cool. <laughs> and and it's like, uh, like, let me, let me put it this way. To, I, I guess maybe I know it wasn't. It's like... People, like when you're first starting out and nobody knows who you are, you have to convince them that what you're doing is 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 good. Like you have mm-hmm. to be, like you have to let, people have no reason to think you're good. They have no reason yeah. to give a shit. And then they pop on your track and then it's your job to encapsulate in that track like, yo, this is one of the many reasons being songs that you should listen to more of our shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But once you've established yourself as somebody who puts out dope shit, then the onus almost kind of falls on the audience to be like, well, maybe maybe it's my fault that I don't get this album. Yeah, because this is like a tastemaker doing all this thing. Exactly. So it's like you kind of get to that point where it's like you can almost do anything and people will start to justify why it's dope. I mean, mm-hmm. the best glaring example, not to get political, but Kanye right now, it's like he has done so much with his career that he's kind of putting on display that he can kind of do a bunch of shit. And there are people that are like <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people. He's got will, a point. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like, it's like once you, ast- I think the tastemaker is a good way to mm-hmm. put it. It's yeah. like, so there's something in that. And, and again, I think that part of being a tastemaker um, and a lot of times it does require being kind of egotistical, yeah. which I've noticed, like I've always said that everyone who's funny on the internet is the most obnoxious person <laughs> you'll ever fucking meet in real well, life. It, I think it takes a lot to be an artist or a writer and there's always a little bit of egoism in that because by even publishing it all, you're making a statement that's saying, you should listen to this. Why should anybody give a fuck what mm-hmm. you do? You know, um, 
there's a really good interview with David Bowie on this subject that I would recommend to everybody. And he, he basically um, very eloquently states why you should never play to the crowd and always be true to yourself. And I'm, I'm kind of passing it off as a, as a very uh, trite sort of thing. But, um, you know, I, I think that does matter a lot. And especially in, in a band context where you're just kind of starting out where, where we are, you have sort of like multiple layers of like people you're trying to be accountable to and to please. So there's like, we have each other. We have the mm-hmm. producers, we have the mixers, we have some, we have like the people who know us, we have the audience. Mm-hmm. And I think there's definitely a danger when you do start to obsess too much with that. And I think in your, in your call, your dad even said people pleaser, you know, uh, take that as you will, I guess. But that's kind of how I was interpreting it. And I think that's why like in my own approach, I'm very guarded about like, okay, like I have my band songs and I have like my songs that mm-hmm. like really only I hear and they're like incubating there for a while. And every once in a while, I'll have one that like, okay, no, this would be perfect for the band. And I just yeah. need to kind of get it there. Mm-hmm. And it's really, I, I don't like to use this word because of the connotations, but you do need to have a kind of safe space where you can try anything and feel like, you know, fuck it, turn the microphone on, no expectations, let's just make something cool. And Rick Rubin also talks about this too a lot. It, you know, that the sense of like safety creatively. Yeah. Um, and so when you, you just, you need that, uh, that sense of safety so you can have that self-confidence mm-hmm. so it, you don't have to rely on egoism to do that, I think. That is a good way of putting it. it you kind of have to choose between being such a fucking dick that you don't actually care. Like, there's two ways of not caring about what people think. And the first way is literally just being so, like, obsessed with the idea that you are more important and better than everyone that it doesn't matter what anyone thinks because they're just automatically wrong. That's one way. Or there's the way of, uh, I believe it was the guy we had on here. Eric, who was that guy we had on here who started the Rel Battle? Rel Battle, yeah. Rel Battle. He start, He was the guy who kind of came up with the idea of the roast battle and like took it on the road, kind of. Mm-hmm. And then that, of course, became a Comedy Central thing for a while and has since been... It's probably not even on TV anymore, but it, it was... Ari Shafir was running it at the time for a while. And he was saying... It was, like, um, it was Jeff Ross took it over. Yeah, the, the, the fucking roast king, even though... <laughs> like, literally, why? He just got that... Like he got that moniker for like not even being the best. Like Greg Giraldo was the best fucking roaster of all time, mm-hmm. if we're being honest. Not fucking Jeff Ross. Um, but he said you kind of have to not care, and it's this weird combination of giving a shit and not giving a shit that is hard to find. And I think that like we've I've been trying to s- subtly like. Just like, you know, like there are things that we do now at band gigs that I would have never done three years ago. Like I would never have been playing at like a packed house at the horse and just said like, let's just do an original. Let's just do a song that like we wrote. That's not something that I don't think anybody else at the horse does. I honestly don't. I haven't seen it. I think we should do more of it. I think mm-hmm. we should do more. That's what absolutely. I'm saying. Like, like I think that, we should do like four or five of our songs per set. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So people like kind of. Look like, to expect it, and we just kind of yeah. like slip it in there, and people like, yeah, mm-hmm. like I, because I've seen like we've done it. Mm-hmm. I think like we've we've lacked on the timing a little bit, where we've taken a lot of time between like the song we just played and then playing one of our songs. Mm-hmm. I think if we just fucking were like, okay, let's play, 
I don't know, kids or like pumped up kicks and and like just straight from that, let's play tendencies mm-hmm. or like let's play the new like just fucking like flip it on them. They're not gonna know it, but like when we do play our shit, like people will be like, This isn't third eye blind, but I fuck with it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And it's like people, you know, they like they start to get into it. And it's like I find that most people I don't know. I feel like it's fun to watch people come up and like really appreciate that because like I've had people either come up to me while I'm playing drums mm-hmm. or I've seen them come up to you and been like, that was dope. Like I fucking I like that shit that like you just played that I've never heard before. Yeah, I think I think that that's like kind of like a, a minor step in kind of the direction that we're talking about, which is just like it's almost I, I understand the trap now that people would always talk about of, and you're right, it is it is a people-pleasing type of thing. It's like when you're playing those gigs, you get so caught up in just trying to make every song like exactly what they want to hear. That yeah, you, you just want to play the hits. And, why yeah. why yeah. you're doing it. And that's yeah. why I thought that when we did that show at the Reservoir, which is another thing that happened since the last time we were on the cast, which is a really cool uh, thing we did, and I, I, I would obviously yeah, like to dude. do more stuff like that. Um but like that was one of those things where it's like basically my whole approach and the reason why I've always liked the idea of playing bar gigs is that I always knew we were good. And so I always knew if we just got a chance to go there and just start playing that eventually people would be like, fuck yeah, we're listening to these guys. But never quite had the confidence to put my chips down on the table with it and be like, well, now instead of just showing up to a place with a lot of people and convincing them we're good by just doing whatever and then slowly but surely people are like sitting there and after three songs they're like and then after four more beers they're like Like, you know it's like instead of doing that it's like at a certain point you have to kind of stop being the underdog and that was another thing that that always kind of like you take this mentality where it's like oh man like i'm gonna show these people how like we we're fucking good but it's like at a certain point it's like if you ever want to actually quote unquote make it it's like you have to establish yourself as somebody who can be like yo we're playing here and people come out and then you put that shit on the line because Mm -hmm. then now your ass is on the table if if nobody's in the bar like that's a big luxury to just show up to a bar and there's nobody there and just be like fucking idiot loser bar doesn't have any people And you're still getting paid for which is nice but conversely there's also a lot of value in playing at auto bar on a tuesday night or like some house show where like nobody's getting fucking paid and you're just kind of doing your thing and it's very raw it's very intimate um and nobody cares nobody cares everybody you know there might be criticism here and there in the sense that like oh you know like maybe the mix was wrong or or something like that but um you know everybody is just kind of there to do their thing and you're talking to musicians who are doing the same thing you there's usually multiple bands on a ticket and it's just so much fun you know like you learn so much at those gigs what is can you elaborate more on the two is that a specific thing that they do or is that just like you're just that's like any show show. i'm just talking about like just getting any show you can just kind of being there putting yourself out there and the end of the day it's because it's for you you know there's no paycheck there's no audience yeah, I hope there is, <laughs> but also yeah. like, yeah, it's just, or it might just be in the case of the house party. It's just like a bunch of drunk people just like having fun, you know. It's yeah. like nobody cares. Somebody's gonna pick up a stick and and hit your symbol. Well, they do that at the bars too. Totally, don't give a fuck. Yeah, There's no shortage of that. <laughs> I think that's where you really cut your teeth as like uh, any original project too, because mm-hmm. it's like it's a playground. It's a it's a testing facility where like you figure out what sounds 
get people moving the most. Like, I think you can play a billion bar gigs and you can play all the songs that all these people have heard before when they're drinking and like know all the words to when they're drinking. But when you play like a Tuesday night show or any original like lineup where you have to, you have to make people feel a certain way when they're in the audience, like you need to fulfill their need of like, I came here to be entertained and I came here to have a good time. Like, you figure out what the fuck works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's and, like, and to find something new, something they hadn't heard before. Yeah, and know? I think yeah. I think that goes along with like um, stand-up comedy because it's like you go and yes. do a five-minute set, a ten-minute set, whatever, and like you go test your shit and like you really fucking cut your teeth and you figure out like what's good and what's fucking not. And like you figure out real fucking fast when you're, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. standing up there talking your shit and like you land the punchline and everybody either fucking roars and laughter or they just sit there in silence yeah. and you're like, well, that was a bad joke. I'll throw that one away. <laughs> yeah. Or like when you play a song and people are like, I do fuck guys, with that uh, or not. Do you guys ever think of that? Like workshopping songs like that at shows? We kind of did by default with like tendencies, the first, our first big release um, that we came out at, with as a unit that was kind of born in, in the point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in yeah. Sense. yeah. Yeah. Um, before we really knew what we were doing or had any any uh, material goals um, behind we, that. We've so. also had like uh, little, like there's uh, points where like if a string breaks or like we just kind of find ourselves in a lull, uh, Jimmy will just be like, just jam. Just like, mm-hmm. and like we'll start a jam and sometimes it like really evolves into something and somebody will put their phone down real quick and like press record and like mm-hmm. we've taken ideas from being at a bar playing something and like where we are vibing mm-hmm. and then the people around us in the bar are also vibing and like songs have kind of been born out of that too mm-hmm. Hell yeah. yeah i have that that's a cool and that's one of my favorite experiences too is when that happens because that really is like when you step out of your comfort zone and um you, it, people note like people still acknowledge it as like good then it's like that's a real con- like yeah. like like i'm in my comfort zone, just singing and playing like rhythm guitar. Mm-hmm. And so I, of course I appreciate anytime anybody comes up and was like, dude, like it was awesome, whatever. But like nothing ever makes me feel better than a, like if we just did like a straight jam and I'm just like playing like regular lead guitar and everybody's like, that's awesome. And I'm like, yeah. Oh shit. Like <laughs> yeah. that's something that I am completely untalented yeah. at that. I manage. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that like, is the most fun you can have on stage is when you're creating in real time. It is it is there's nothing like it yeah and people people kind of get a sense of what's going on like they see that like this is not this is happening in real time yeah. mm-hmm. you know and then they become a part of it i think going back to the whole people people pleaser thing is uh the thing that's always kind of like in it is it is exactly that it's i've never wanted to be like and this is such a stupid way of looking at it but the way in my mind I sometimes see it, it's like if if I know people are coming out to see me, a lot of times, and I, I almost thought about doing this the other night, like if it's not like a cool scene at the bar, sometimes I'll be like, yo, it's fucking dead here. Like I wouldn't even bother because I'm just thinking like I am so worried about like anytime people come out to see us like i want them to leave being like that was a good time mm-hmm. but i'm also kind of relying on the the scene itself to give them that good time you know what i mean like it's like 
I would tell people to come out to the horse on a Friday night because I know that it's like there's it like the whole idea of coming out to Fells on a Friday. It's like, dude, like it's going to be a good crowd. There's plenty of bars to go to. Like you're going to have a good time and we're playing coincidentally. But I've never like been able to meld those two things where I'm like, like I'm going to tell somebody to come out and they come out and spend like $10 on a ticket and come to a show and there's like four other people there. And then it almost feels like it's like a make a wish foundation thing. Like it was, Oh, you're going to feel like an idiot. You're going to feel like an idiot all the time if you do that. But it's, it's your thing. It's It's your showing up. Yeah. It's, it's your (laughs) dumb show and tell project. It's your dumb show and tell project. It's not, it's not superstition, you know, it's, and is, is that, probably worse maybe i, I think it's know. definitely better to look at it from a point of gratitude too yeah it's like those people really did take their time and effort to come out and see you and well, it's that, like yeah it's like you know what like as much as it sucks to play in front of five or less people like those five people still did come out to see you and mm-hmm. like be entertained by you and you know you do your best to have your own good time up there and like you get to fucking play music at the like end of the day or like you get to be an entertainer, be in the arts field and like have like share what you're doing with other people. And those five people might go like, shit, that was fucking cool. I'm going to bring my friend next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, you never know how far that tree like starts to, well, it just gets tougher. And the other thing that I guess we haven't tapped upon is like the, the age thing too, because it's like, you know, as your circle of friends gets to a certain age, it's like when you're in your young twenties, early twenties, nobody has shit to do. Yeah. I mean, like nobody has responsibilities. Like half of your friends are still living at home. None of you have like serious jobs, you know? And like, it's nothing to be like, yo, just come out on a fucking Wednesday and see me. And it's like, but then you start getting to an age, late twenties, early thirties, where it's like, okay, now people have like real jobs. They have like, they're either engaged or living with their girlfriend. They might even have kids or something like that. And it's like, well now it's like when they get their chance to come out, it's not like they're going out six times a week. Like they were in college. Like it's like going out on a weekend. It's like, you know, you gotta like, there's arrangements to be made. You gotta like, Go on. That's that people pleasing mentality, though. Yeah, you know? that's because exactly it's like. What so what if your friends can't come? <laughs> you, know? you find you gotta, different friends to come out. Yeah, like, or you just play to randos because yeah, this is your thing and you made it and you're gonna play it in front of people and um, you know that's kind of an end in itself. I guess that's that's your gift to the world, gift yeah. to you. It's 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 about um creating. It's about manifesting something inside out in the real world and that's it period it's not to make anybody else happy it's not to make money that's it you know that's mm. that's the inherent meaning i think at least that's the way i look at it and i think it it saves yourself a lot of grief if you're not relying on anybody else especially those close to you to be like good job even even though it feels really good you know yeah and also there's the other like it, it's interesting when you talk about the intangibles of things how everything that we just discussed is you can sense it in the music. Mm, and that's yeah. weird how it, like our attitude is sensible. Like you can sense it in the music and it's like we're so in it that we don't even it's it's you have to have a hour long conversation to deconstruct <laughs> it to actually yeah. figure out what the fuck people are talking about but to other people and that goes down to like um you're, I've been looking at a lot of like physics videos lately and, uh, nice. you know, 
the theory of relativity can be expanded to a lot of things, but one of the most interesting <laughs> things about the theory of relativity is the idea of relativity in itself is that everything is relative from the perspective of the observer. So, for instance, if you're driving in a car, then if you're like driving down the highway at 60 miles per hour and you throw a baseball up in the air like this, it doesn't go through the back windshield. It just it sits and you throw it up and it lands back down just like if you were throwing a ball sitting here. Yeah. And then you think about the fact that right fucking now, the Earth is spinning at like 2,000 miles per hour around its axis to make a day. And then we're also going like 100,000 miles per hour around the sun right now. Like we're we're zooming through space right now. Oh, I think but, I know what video you're talking about. It's like one of the coolest videos. Oh, there's plenty of them, dude. The, the corkscrew through. through yeah. Space. That's amazing. We are it's zooming so cool. through fucking space right now. But because we're all sitting in the same system, we feel like we're standing still. Mm-hmm. And so in that same thing, it's it's interesting that to each observer, you're, you get a different perspective on what's going on. And I think that what happens is it is just like when you talk about making a song. Your perspective is so locked in to that song that it's almost damn near impossible to gain a perspective that is outside of that song to see it for what it is. And you don't also just you as a whole, it's really difficult to see um, how other people observe you or what they even think about you, you know, and another great saying is. We judge others by their actions and ourselves by our intentions. Mm, And I always thought that was cool kind of way of thinking because it's true. It's like other people just see you. Like I see you once a week. I see you guys once a week or whatever. And it's like that's my relationship with you. And and that's your relationship with me. And like to me, I'm or to you, I'm a guy you see once a week. And like we do this and we do that. But it's like it's weird when you think about like I was like driving out the car and I was like, I almost had this like weird out of body type of experience driving up here where I was thinking like almost like I think if you watch enough of those things and you kind of delve into like the time is an illusion and the consciousness is this weird fucking thing. And then like every now and then they call it windshielding. And actually my dad told me about this windshielding where you actually feel like your your car your body is like a car that you're just driving oh uh, that's when i'm disassociating yes <laughs> and you have this all the time weird thing where it's like uh you start to like doubt like even that you are you that mm-hmm. you're, you're just like sitting there like what the f-? like that everything you're kind of doing is like going through this motion i know i'm kind of getting like real spacey but to tie it back i guess what i'm getting at is like it's it, we can't see it because we are it. And so we, in that aspect, really do, it really is useful to have other people's legitimate, honest criticisms on what's going on. And I think that like, you know, like we were talking about before, like you talk to your friend and they're going to say it's good. But like, at the end of the day, you don't know what that person like even sees you as, or I'm like dabbling with like six different points right now, but like, What's I up? think I think to try and summarize. Yeah. It's an art in and of itself to remove yourself from mm. your own art. Like I think Kevin Parker is very good at that mm. from Tame Impala. Like he's very good at sitting and listening to a song and thinking to himself, "Do I fuck with this?" Yeah. And not really thinking about like all the nooks and like 
I guess simultaneously thinking about all the nooks and crannies of like, did this bass, did I play this bass part right? Did I play this guitar part right? Do I sound good on the vocals? It's like, do I actually like what I'm listening to? Yeah. And I feel like that's so hard to, I feel like it's just so difficult to sit there and like listen to what you've done because like the magic of it is gone. Like you are for, you know, a lack of a term, like you are the magician. Like you know yeah. the sleight of hand trick that makes people go, wow. But mm-hmm. like in your mind, you're like, it's just you just move your hand one way or another, mm-hmm. or it's like, mm-hmm. you know, like I I know how the drums were recorded in a song, so I listen to it and I go, damn, I like miss that part. Damn, like I fucked this shit up. Like it's I've it's so much harder to not criticize yourself. Uh, from a microscopic level, level, and then like just listening to the song and just being like, "Do I truly fuck with mm-hmm. this? Like, yeah. Do I really like what yeah. I'm listening to?" And another three line with this conversation is like, "What is the purpose of art? Is it is it this truly internal process, or is it like a social process between the artists and the people who are supposed to enjoy it?" And then even within that, it's there's this kind of this idea of like, well, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody's around, does it fall? It's like if yeah. you write a beautiful song and nobody hears it, is it a song? I think yeah. it is. You know, that's kind of the perspective where I come from. That's true too. If you if you don't assess your your sense of self worth based off of what other people think, then maybe that's kind of the the place you have to come to. Because I will say, if there's one thing I will say, um, in terms of uh, at least our approach is I've never personally really lent much thought to if other people like i never really cared like is this like the style of music that's cool right now is this like the type of song that like i could see i almost always kind of thought of as a good thing in a way that like i would sit there and and listen to like one of our songs and be like try to picture myself hearing on the radio just like driving down the road and just listening to it and usually i'll be like no honestly i can't and and then you have to decipher like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? And 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 I, I guess it depends on the reason. Could I not imagine this song being on the radio because it sucks or because <laughs> the production level is so bad? Or could I not imagine this song being on the radio because it just doesn't I can't directly put it in any box that I would be like, oh yeah, this would be like if they were playing this band on the radio. Like and so in as many ways as you could say it's a good thing, you could say it's a bad thing and vice versa. Yeah. So it's like in terms of like the, the thing itself, I never cared too much about that. But going back to what you guys are talking about, like I know you've had those moments where um, you're like doing something usually when you're playing live and like, again, it's like you kind of, again, it's kind of like that kind of out of body thing where like there's a certain time where you're so locked in that you almost feel like you're just watching yourself play the fucking song. Are you talking about flow state or are you yeah, talking flow about... State. Oh, okay. So the good version of that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> nice. The good yeah, version yeah, yeah. of that. Where you're playing a song and it's like things are just clicked and you're not even consciously thinking about your next move. It just fucking happens. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then it's like you're almost your own audience. That's what you live and for. And that comes yeah. from obviously like having practice enough and and done something enough to the point where now it's literally just like fucking like you can like you know like i always struggled with um obviously lead guitar and stuff like that one of the things that i've realized is like you know when they first start teaching you how to play lead guitar they emphasize scale so much and then 
when your novice approach to playing lead guitar is very scales based. It's very like, here's my pentatonic shapes and here's how I'm going to like noodle around and do these things. But it's not until like you're just fucking playing a song and you just want to hit a note and you put your fucking hand somewhere and it's the exact fucking note that you wanted to hit. And now it's like another thing my dad used to say. It's like speaking guitar, Mm -hmm. like the same way that I'm not thinking about the next words I'm saying. I'm just having a thought and simultaneously it's coming out of my fucking mouth because I've been speaking English for 30 years. Pretty good at it. Pretty (laughs) solid at speaking English. So it's not even a thing. I'm not thinking like, oh, what's the next word I'm looking for? It's just boom, Mm -hmm. you know? And when you get to that point with your instrument where you can just literally just channel every single thing, and that's all good. That's all good stuff that you learn from, like you say, cutting your teeth in the bars and stuff like that. Just doing it. At the end of the day, the biggest thing is, now that we're now all learning, I'm going to Photoshop a rainbow here for like the more you know, (laughs) the more you know. We're all learning. In the words of Sammy Davis Jr., it takes a long time to sound like yourself. And perhaps the solution to that is just keep fucking banging it out, baby. Oh, yeah. You know, do I have to walk in here next rehearsal in a fucking limo and come in here with fucking sunglasses? And you're like, Jimmy, what's up? And you're like, dude, it's my attitude era. I Call me am James. the fuck. I was what you said. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> no, it's just about getting to the point Jim where it's Soul like. Jim Soulsky. <laughs> <laughs> it's just about channel. So, um, you know, with that all being said. Tying it all back, reeling it all back in from outer space. Um, thinking about the next stuff on the horizon. Uh, I will say that the tracks that we just most recently recorded, and I will say this why? Because I've already said it at least four times to you guys, but never on the air. I was listening to those tracks and I almost forgot it was us. And that's a cool fucking thing. That's what's up. It's like one of those things where I was like, for the first time, listening to a studio track and not going, oh, fuck, uh, that kick is out of time, or oh, shit. You know, obviously, I'm always just criticizing John. Oh, specifically, <laughs> John. <laughs> oh, God. God, Joe's perfect. Always, <laughs> oh, John. No, but like for the first time, I was just hearing it like, a song, and I think part of that was because we didn't get the tracks back. Shouts out Sean Mercer until like a couple months later, or like a week, or a couple weeks later. Not, not. I'm completely joking because we weren't going to do anything with it in the meantime anyway because we were working on fucking backtrack for eight months straight. Um, but because we had such a long time period between getting the tracks and and recording the tracks that it was like by the time we got them back, it was like completely, completely just a dope song again. Yeah. You're listening to, I don't even remember what I was doing. Like a lot of times if it's like super fresh, like you get the tracks the next day and you're like, I remember when I hit that note and I didn't like it. And Mm -hmm. guess what? I still don't like it. (laughs) Yeah. But now it's like you listen to it and you're just like, I don't remember any of this dude, but it's dope. We also, I think we're, we're refining our process in the, in the sense that, you know, I think, I think we had a tendency to be a little bit indulgent in intros, bridges, and outros in our earlier tracks. And both these songs we got back are high energy, relatively high tempo, three minutes in and out. The ideas are there, period. You know, mm-hmm. it's it feels very snappy and satisfying. I guess that was that's the word I would use for it. You know, it doesn't satisfying. feel like there's any 
filling. Yeah. All, fi- all killer, no filler. <laughs> oh, I like that. Who said that? Uh, I don't know. I've just heard it. I think um, <laughs> Sum 41 has an album called nice. that or something like along those like lines. One of them says all killer. The other one says no filler. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, what. Yeah. It, but Two part album. I've heard it before. <laughs> Stadium Arcadium. <laughs> I mean, it's like whenever I've been in a songwriting process, it's like there's always a matter of like, let's trim the fat. Mm, yeah. How much of this intro do we really fucking need? Do we need the intro? How much of the verse, like, you know, how much can we chop off here? Mm-hmm. Mm. But in almost all my songs that I make for myself these days, I try to keep it under three and a half minutes. Yeah, because people fucking suck at listening to music now. <laughs> it's all right, dude. <laughs> it's all right. That's it's it. like, I think it helps just for me just to keep the, you know, those sort of artificial horse blinders just yeah. keep you focused on like, okay, what what is the vibe? You know, what what is the the whole feeling, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Keeps you from getting lost in the details, I think. And then you listen to other popular songs and you realize, like, they didn't add 75. Most of the popular, they're not adding 75 fucking different. In- Dude, the fucking killers yeah. have Mr. Brightside. They just repeat the first verse in the second verse uh-huh. and nobody gives a shit. Uh-huh. It's like the whole line is like five lines. The whole song mm-hmm. is five lines. And people are just like, oh, shit, it's that part again. Come out of my cage. And now you're like, oh, shit. I love that part from yeah, one he, minute he, ago. He moves one note in the entire <laughs> line. Just fine. <laughs> it's groovy, baby. So Sometimes you got to dumb it down. Well, we're witnessing that's right cool, now. Yes. That's cool. Keep it simple, <laughs> stupid. Oh, yes. Don't bore us. Especially if you're Get writing like chorus. pop rock and, and shit like us. You know, mm-hmm. it's that's what people want. That's what I want. When so I maybe that's music. why we don't have a genre. Because maybe, maybe. You guys are intellectual <laughs> indie rock. I was going to say, we I don't. I fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> we're smarter than you fuck. Put that we're, on LinkedIn. We're, we're, we're <laughs> inti. Intellectual. Um, <laughs> inti rock. We're inti rock, bro. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe we don't have a genre because maybe we don't deserve a genre yet. Maybe we haven't fucking found ourselves to the point where what we can definitively say. Coming out of your cage. <laughs> or maybe we're just signed. I'm a bunch of rats in cages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a rat in a cage. <laughs> so uh, maybe uh, I'm calling it right now, guys. This is the beginning of our attitude era, baby. And, and I like it. You know why? Because with every passing day, I start to care less. And in a good way. Good. In a good way. Like, I care less and more at the same time. Why, you ask? Mortality. Because less is more, Joe. (laughs) That works, too. Unless you're gambling. (laughs) Oh, that's true. Then more is more. More is definitely more. (laughs) Speaking of uh, uh, gambling, Baltimore humor. Dude, come on, man. Come on the show, bruh. I know we may or may not have trashed you in the past, uh, but... That's behind us, dog. I think you guys should do like a celebrity wrestling or like a celebrity boxing match. Oh, mm. us versus what? I, well, we got to know who he is first. I don't yeah, want him to figure be, out who it is. I, I, he, <laughs> they liked something. I think they liked. We like posted four and a half stars again the other day because mm-hmm. like Archie was posting about it, and they like commented on the post, and I was like, mm, so you do be looking into my life, dog. I, bitch. I am absolutely at this point convinced it's someone we circularly know. Yeah, probably. I'm almost convinced. Every t- okay, so like he, he'll like. I'm assuming it's a he, you know. Or she, you know. Hey, you know, it's probably whatever. 
I'm guessing guy. Girls aren't big on gambling jokes. Um, or or peppermill jokes. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> he I I uh saw one of his gambling posts and I like shared it to the story, but instead of sharing it to my story, I just sent it to him accidentally. Like I just DM'd him Ooh. his own post. And then I was like, I was like, oh sorry, dude, I meant to share it to my story. And I accidentally sent it to you. And then I sent in quotes, have you seen this? Like sending it to himself. <laughs> and he like liked it. And then I shared it to our story on the LFTS thing. And then he like responded on our story and was like, hell yeah, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, so you do, you do see us out here, dog. And like he also like, you know, they, he, she, they also liked all the posts during the bar, bar bracket and random posts throughout the year, random uh, TikToks that we don't post on TikTok, but only on Instagram. I believe some call those reels. Um, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to ask him again. I'm going to ask him again. I said, dude, the invitation still stands. If you want to come on the show anonymously, even if you want, we don't have to tell anybody who you are, but I know, I know you, (laughs) I know that you're from around here, bro. I know it. And then he just ghosted me. And why did he ghost me? Maybe it's your dad. He, What a fucking turn of events. That would be a fucking major twist, dude. Major twist. (laughs) But I've never been more sure of anything in my life, dude. And I think that'd be a good get. Um, But (laughs) Tony Seleski meme god. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Last thing I... uh, I'm sorry, dude. We've been bogarting this entire podcast. No, dude. This is the band app. It's all good. Band app. Did you have anything you want to touch upon? Any big issues of the day uh shit no big issues uh finally closed on the house last friday oh fuck yeah baby yeah you got a house yeah me and my girlfriend bought a house Ooh. near uh, belvedere square oh nice Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. thank you welcome back to the neighborhood baby i know back mm-hmm. to the boys back to the boys it's fucking sick and you move in right now. I think the funniest thing about this is he's currently his uh, the former owner of the house's landlord right now. Because yeah. like the guy, <laughs> they sold the house and then he was like, but I still need, need to live it. there another two weeks. He needed the money for his new place from the closing. Mm. Oh. So like he was like, we can close early and I'll rent it back from you guys for like two weeks. So now the guy who's so on closing, what if he just he paid a bunch of money dude. and then he wrote a check and then gave it to us. For rent. <laughs> he's renting his own yeah. house. From- <laughs> oh man. Yeah. He's fighting back tears. For whatever you know? reason, that seems like the ultimate cucking of all time. Oh, yeah. Like you're now renting the house. You used to own dog. That's this like, was, it was like literally within an hour. We did the walkthrough, the final walkthrough before closing. And he like walked through every, room was like hey i'm gonna throw a bunch of this shit out i don't need a lawnmower anymore do you guys want the lawnmower we're like yes he's like i don't need any of these power tools do you need any of these we're like yeah sure i don't need any of my exercise equipment you want to keep it we're like yeah sure and then yeah then he paid us more money (laughs) it would be it would be awesome if in these next two weeks you just decide to become like an absolute slumlord (laughs) and we're like like the worst landlord ever and (laughs) 
<laughs> you double rent. Yeah. Just yeah. miraculous. Just out of fucking thin air. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you call them Listen, up. You're like, I'm getting complaints from neighbors. It's a little loud next door, dude. What's the problem, dude? I mean, do I have to evict you? <laughs> you can camp on my lawn, but I want 50% of your crops. <laughs> that new house you bought, actually, I'm going to need you to pay me for that, too. That's mine now. This is feudalism. <laughs> uh, yeah, now that on, is, the, on the 28th, I'm going to show up with the police to evict <laughs> no that's fucking awesome i love that i'll never forget that as long as i live how awesome that situation is um only other thing i wanted to kind of bring up i, I know it's a it's a heated debate that we as a, a band have had since the dawn of time and, and once a year i like to reprise it not because the issue has been settled i'm not bringing it up for that reason um but because i have a personal anecdote oh, no. for you We've had the longest debate about whether you are a guy who pisses through the fly or over the fly. I thought this was the. I thought this was Towson versus L. That's exactly what I thought it was going to be. Do we really need? I need another year of note taking for that debate. Good. This one I feel much more prepared for. Okay. Now, like I said, the issue is settled. You, I, I believe that. Um, it's more normal to piss through the fly, and you guys are, of course, wrong. And I think so, it's more what type of pants you're wearing. Well, that's true too. But I met a person the other day who did neither. Mm. The night, their pants. the night we went, <laughs> the night we went out at CNR, and the night I met it, I met you at Rec, and we walked to CNR. Yeah, you uh, disappeared. Well, and I just then, Irish. I had a. I had a lot to drink that night. Well, that's all right. Dude. That's all right. <laughs> You're at a bar. It's normal. Um, so I was stepped. I stepped outside and was smoking a cigarette with a gentleman. And this uh, guy, who I'm assuming, rightly was gay, and his, I guess, like scene friend girl, not girlfriend, because my previous assumption, but friend girl. Who was seen, which is a rare thing to see these days. You, you know, seen her. I seen her. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I think about making fun of Gen Z, I always remember that we had a whole thing where it was like, well, like there's emo, but like also you could just be like seen, which is like you dress like you're emo, but you're not actually emo. And I'm like, oh wait, our generation was stupid too. Um, <laughs> we had our moments. So it was a scene girl and a gay guy. And he was sitting there and she was like, can I get a lighter? And then I was like, I know where this is going. I'm not giving you my fucking lighter. And then the guy next to me who was younger and less experienced in the art of drunk people was like, yeah, sure. And he gave her his favorite lighter. And I was like, oh, what a bozo. And of course, she's like trying to light her cigarette and like pockets the lighter. And they're like both incoherently drunk. And like, he's like, can I get my lighter back? She's like, what, what are you talking about, dude? And I'm like, I oh, see you're an idiot. And then so the, the other guy um, was like, right? Like, I'm calling it Uber. Like, we got to get the fuck out of here. Like, this is fucking, I'm calling it Uber. And I, oh my god i had to pee oh my god i had to pee so fucking bad and i was like you should go to the bathroom dude he's like oh, we're waiting for the uber like i can't go oh my god you know what fuck it and he just straight pissed himself right in the middle of the bar oh my god no, and here was, right. what here was Damn. the other thing wait and, in the, the bar spoiler, dude. out front of the bar right out front of the front door Whoa. he was just kneeling there 
Was this holding where, a, the Kent? Out front of CNR. Okay. <laughs> CNR, dude. I think that's worse. I feel like yeah. it's to be expected at the Kent. The Kent is CNR. Yeah, you get, it smells like piss Kent. anyway. Yeah, you can blend yeah, in. Yeah, you know? It's totally normal. Um, <laughs> this guy, this guy. Here was the thing. I've never seen this. This fucked with my mind a little bit. Because I've never seen someone piss themselves. You watched a man piss from himself. the third person. And rotivity. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen someone piss themselves and look so cool doing it. It was honestly one of the most G King shit things I've ever seen in my life. Like he was pissing himself, self. And when we questioned him, we were like, dude, are you seriously pissing? He's like, what? What am I supposed to do? There's, I can't go to the bathroom. I'm fucking done waiting. I have to get waiting. in someone's car. I, uh, I, I, <laughs> and, then, and then the guy next to me was like, dude, there's no way that Uber's going to let you in like that. He's like, fuck, they are. <laughs> Watch. What? Dude, Sounds like Cartman. the most confident <laughs> pissing yourself I've ever seen. I was like, dude, that's almost kind of goes back to like the whole like ego thing to doing whatever you want. This guy was so drunk and so gay that he didn't give a flying fuck about... And it was like, there was almost like this like certain level of like imper, imper, imperviousness. Oh. He was invincible, dude. Yeah. Like literally, all of a sudden, I felt like the asshole for noticing that this man was pissing himself. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Who the fuck am I? You're just pissing. And I'm over here being a dick on the sidewalk. Not pissing yourself. Not not pissing myself. I'm looking here for a toilet just covered in civilization's chains. Exactly. I can't bear it. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking just locked into the societal mind hive. And so this guy, I, 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 that's another thing I'll never forget in my life. It's just watching someone do something that was so crazy, but yet so profound. I watched a homeless <laughs> woman take a shit in an alley once, and she literally looked at everybody else like what the fuck are you looking at mm. i was walking down the street i remember because there was a bunch of like it was an alleyway there were some stairs people were skateboarding around and they were like <laughs> that they were like <laughs> they were waxing up the homeless yeah. woman taking a shit. <laughs> yeah. and she literally like plopped herself on the wall so she could like you know get down get comfortable get have yeah, like a good angle yeah yeah exactly like a healthy poop, you know, where your le- where your legs are at a like a, an acute angle, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she just sat there like and the literally shit. just took a shit on the wall, and like the guys were like, "We were skating here, you're getting it," and she was like, "This is where I shit. My this is just where I fucking take." You're a poop. skating yeah. in my bathroom. Yeah, fucking yeah. skid marks there now, don't it? <laughs> Which I feel like there's a, a level of like invincibility that people yes. think like that guy was. So gay and so drunk <laughs> that he had the ultimate amount of confidence to just be like, I'm going to piss myself and you're going to like it. And this is <laughs> and what brings me back yeah. to how we need to take our, our approach as a band. Because if we had the attitude of that guy, of that gay man, and we who took it to his the, pants. Who peed his pants, and we took it to the stage and we did the metaphoric equivalent of standing on stage and just fucking pissing ourselves on stage. And when people go, what the fuck are you doing? This is the horse. This is fucking CNR. You can't fucking piss here. You can't play your own stuff. You can't. I'm doing it. 
Just don't do it like that one like cover band where that girl like legit peed on someone. Oh, that was weird. Brass They're against from Maryland, right? I or the show was near Maryland or something. I think maybe maybe I don't know, but I've seen the video and yeah. it is that it's dude crazy. was just he was asking for it. He just but also up on- I think that was another case of the flow state. I think she was in the flow state. <laughs> oh yeah, nothing going. This is the windshield literally effect. metaphorically like it's the windshield wiper effect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now of course I was speaking about pissing ourselves on stage metaphorically, dude. I was just thinking like that might be our thing. Like you know how the Red Hot Chili Peppers wore the socks on their cocks. Uh- we piss ourselves. <laughs> I mean, that's gonna that word's gonna get around at the very least. That- you got to see this band. They go up on stage, <laughs> and somewhere in the middle of the set, they just piss themselves. <laughs> You've got to see it. <laughs> Any press is good press, baby. Um, no, so that that thank you, random guy out front of CNR for for really putting me over the edge of of what I thought was was. I just possible. like that your brain works by you saw a gay man confidently piss himself and you're like that's what my dad was talking about <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> now I understand papa I get it now <laughs> I understand your ways. <laughs> oh my goodness. Guys, thanks for coming out and, and witnessing yet another installment of the Live from the Studio podcast. Um uh we got a lot of good things coming up on the horizon. Uh primarily um well we have well we have a we have a show at the horse as we've we've given a lot of flowers to tonight. Uh that is Friday, January 6th. I'm rain manning this calendar right now. I'm visualizing in my head. Friday, January That's 6th. That's the second Friday? That is the first Friday. That's first Friday. Because we uh, we decided we're going to do like once every like five, six weeks. Right, 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 right. So then we're doing one in February. And then we're doing fucking St. Patty's Day. And then Cinco de Mayo, baby. That's the place you want to be. It's big time. I'm not plucking Cinco de Mayo right now. But I just did. So mm-hmm. fuck the French. Fuck the French, dude. It's a history joke for any of you guys familiar with the Mexican Independence War. Um, at sophomore MD, check out In Motion. Leave us a scathingly average review. We'll take it. Um, we got another song coming out soon. It's called Backtrack. I think it's got some attitude in it. I think it's got more attitude than In Motion. It's at least got some angst. Angst. Definitely the angst, yes. Yes. Song we've put out. Um. So it's cool. We call it our, our grunge song. It's not very grunge, but it's the most grunge we're ever going to get, I would imagine. Um, Eric, do you have any dates coming up, by the way? Fuck no. I'm fucking moving, dude. <laughs> moving, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm figuring out real life shit until I, and then I'll get back into comedy again. All right, check back into the, the fucking Matrix. I'll have other done. shit to talk about, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I wish. <laughs> I wish we had fucking... I wish I had, like, real shit to talk about sometimes. Um, uh, again, at SophomoreMD, at Jimmy Seleski, at Eric Glazer. Joe is, uh, as you probably have gathered from this podcast, too good for social media. He has risen above to a higher conscious state outside of uh, the internet. 
and no, um, it's MK Ultra myself on 4chan. <laughs> You're going to have to tap into the eighth dimension if you want to follow anything Joe's doing. John is uh, right here with us in our eighth brains on Instagram at Johnny Brisket. If you ever like, dude, I'm feeling bored. I want to watch a guy play drums from a side view. Then that's your guy. I mean, that's really your guy. Some of the best sideways the content. You'll doing I mean, he's revolutionizing the sideways game. 90 degrees. 90 degrees. <laughs> 90 degrees. Um, and then, you know, obviously, do I even need to say it? At LFTS Podcast. Across the board, baby. Duh. You already know. You already know. I'm editing that part out now. I didn't even need to say it. At LFTS Podcast on everything. We got clips. We got videos. We got full-length everything. We got a fucking new neon sign going up soon. That's yes, not going to be in the view of any cameras. But you're just going to have to take our word for it. It is sick. It is it sick. It is so sick. It is sick. Um, and also, shouts out to Suntory Whiskey. Toki. A Japanese whiskey that is pretty much scotch. But they can't say it's scotch because it's Japanese. And uh, Scotland is not in Japan. Established 1923. Shouts out Eric Glazer. Thank you very much for this, by the way, dude. This is oh, clutch. Yeah. Merry Christmas. I was driving up here and I was like, wow. I forgot I need a bottle of whiskey on the desk during this podcast. And then you came in like fucking Kris Kringle and just dosed me up with some smooth Japanese whiskey. And I appreciate that. Um, but yes, uh, folks, Merry Christmas. Happy Honda days to all. Um, we'll chat back in with you, I guess, during the lost week, the yeah. week between Christmas and New Year's. Nobody does shit. So you have no excuse other than to tune into episode 294. We're nearing episode 300. We thought of some ideas. Mm -hmm. uh, none of them good yet. Yeah, we're going to try to get Chief Keefe. Uh, <laughs> I think you guys should piss yourselves on that one. I think we might have we to. We might have to. For 300, you might have to. We're going number three on 300. Um, what if we do a power 300 every three every minute for 300 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> we scream, this is Sparta. No, we do a shot and then. Oh, 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 uh, no. oh! We do a shot of <laughs> no, Japanese no, no, Toki. No, no. <laughs> nah, be too much. That I that you. I'm, I think I'm trying to do the math on that, and 300 minutes is very long. 300 shots. That's five in, hours. That's a shot a minute for five hours. Yeah, I don't know if we can do that. There actually. would be I, there would definitely <laughs> be no die. episode three hundred one, <laughs> but that would be a cool way to go out. Samurai on episode like like the season finale, the series finale of LFTS. How does it end? Well, they they drink shots of whiskey every minute for five hours and die live on the air, <laughs> yeah. and then somebody else they published get about it three and a half hours in. You piss yourself when you die too. So oh, you totally perfect. do. That's like the grand finale. You're like, oh no, oh no, they're both dead. And then once we're dead, once we're dead, we piss ourselves, and people are like, that is the cool shit i have ever fucking seen and now i understand what my father was trying to tell me <laughs> uh folks <laughs> till next week peace, peace.